0: Hi there, Working Homeschool Moms. This is Charlotte from Charlotte Jones 24-7 and My Little Homeschool. And this is episode number 90 of the Striker Balance podcast for Working Homeschool Moms. Today, I am sharing a delightful episode. I got to speak to two wonderful people, Nino and Toma, from The Ways to Teach about world schooling, about the benefits, the challenges, about raising kids in the world, and about working at the same time, entrepreneurship. It is a fantastic episode. It is incredibly inspiring, and I'm sure you're going to love it as much as I absolutely adored recording it. But before we get to the episode, I'd be ever so grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. just means that more working homeschool moms can find it, and in that way, we can build this beautiful working homeschool mom community together. Thank you so much, and enjoy the episode. Hi there, and welcome to the Striker Balance podcast for working homeschool moms. This is Charlotte Jones, I'm your host, and I am a podcaster, a speaker, a writer, and a homeschooling coach, specifically for working homeschool moms. I've been homeschooling my neurodivergent twin boys since 2017, and I've been a working homeschool mom since 2017, so I know it can feel really overwhelming to keep all the balls in the air all the time. So each week, I chat about tips and strategies for being a happy and thriving working homeschool mom. I cover things like time management, homeschooling, mindset, and lots of other juicy topics like that. I also speak to awesome and inspiring women who manage to juggle homeschooling and work successfully and find out what their secrets are. And I also welcome experts who can help you on your working homeschool mom journey. I have lots of ways to support you, so be sure to check them out in the show notes. You can download my time audit as your first step to managing your time better. I have a Facebook group for Working Homeschool Moms that you can join as well. And be sure to sign up to my newsletter for weekly updates. And if you need additional support, you can join the WHM Collective, which is a supportive community of Working Homeschool Moms. we we'll delve deeper into topics that are gonna help you thrive as a Working Homeschool Mom. Or if you need one-to-one support, be sure to book in a session with me. I'm so excited for you to be here, and I know you'll get so much value out of this episode. So let's get started. Working homeschool mom, I know how overwhelming it can be to choose a math curriculum for your homeschool. That's why I'd like to tell you about the online math curriculum we've been using for years, ctcmath.com. As far as math curriculums go, it has loads of great features that solve lots of the math issues we've had, and I know a lot of homeschooling families have. Here are just a few of the many features that we really like. Questions are adaptive, which means the interactive questions change in difficulty depending on the student's ability. The program uses a smart algorithm that tracks the student's progress and delivers questions based on their exact needs. The student doesn't even know this is happening, helping them to build confidence and master math concepts. Concepts are delivered through video tutorials and summaries which are clear, complete and easy to follow. It's like having your very own teacher. This ensures your children understand something before they're asked to practice it. And then for us parents, CTC Math has extensive reports which are so valuable in monitoring your child's progress and spotting any gaps. And they offer a 12-month money-back guarantee if this curriculum is not for you and your family. CTC will provide a full refund, no questions asked. But I think the most important thing is a whole lot less stress when it's math time for both parents and kids. You get to outsource math with confidence and your kids get a fantastic tailor-made program that makes learning and mastering math enjoyable and positive. Visit CTC Math today to start your free trial. CTC Math is also offering you, listener, an amazing special. When you go to ctcmath.com forward slash MLH, you can get a half price discount plus a bonus six months for free. That's ctcmath.com forward slash MLH. Today, I am super excited to welcome Nino and Thomas onto the podcast, and I'm super excited to chat about the topic we're going to be covering today. Nino and Thomas are passionate writers and the co founders of The Ways to Teach. They are the parents of three bilingual children who they've been unschooling from day one. And last August, they embarked on a world schooling adventure, which I followed with such joy, exploring the globe while embracing a love for literacy and education inspired by the concept of a live geography and open-minded education. They believe that true learning happens through real-life experiences and interactions. As avid travelers, Nino and Thomas cherish the opportunity to immerse themselves and their children in different cultures and origins they believe that world schooling offers a unique way to broaden horizons, foster empathy and cultivate a deep appreciation for diversity. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that we're able to talk today. Hello. Thank you Charlotte for having us. <laughs> Hello. So today I'm like I said I'm super excited to be talking about world schooling. It's something that I would so desperately love to do. So I'm always interested in hearing people's experiences, and how families manage manage world schooling. So how would you define world schooling? Before we get into your um, experiences, maybe we can talk about how you would define world schooling and what sets it apart from traditional homeschooling or education systems.
1: Okay, well, to start, our definition of world schooling is about using travel and real-life experience, real-world experience, to foster a learning experience for our children. And so it's all about seeing the world as a source of knowledge, something that you can, you know, pick apart and gain a lot of uh, insight from and a lot of motivation from. So it sets up, it's set apart from homeschooling and uh, traditional educational system in different ways. First, you're not confined into a classroom and you don't have any standardized curriculum to follow through. So on the contrary, it uses everything at end, the nature, communities that you encounter, the different culture that you are discovering Mm -hmm. through your travels. And uh, through,
2: through geography.
1: Yeah. And the different historical sites that you, that you visit and discover. So basically it's like the world is your oyster. It's a good definition of it because you just go throughout your life, wandering from one place to another and embracing everything that's uh, brought to you in this way. And it makes you grow as a person, as uh, uh, an individual, and as a part of the world.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I remember I kind of had a taste of it the first time that I went overseas. My mind was just blown. And I mean, I was, I think, 16 or 17. It was the first time I went abroad. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, I can't believe there's a whole nother world out here. Yeah.
2: You know, we have a saying in France that says, uh, just a rough translation, that travels form youth. You know, it makes use better. It forms youth. So it, it's educate, educate will be the good term. So travels educate youth. And I think that's true. I think you were raised in a bubble in a way. And when you go out, you don't have a real vision of what is the world. And when you go out, you will see that the world is big, that it's welcoming, and you will learn I mean, you learn faster when you experience things. You know, it's not books are great and we will talk about books and, and the way you can travel from home also. But when you go there, you don't have to think about it. You're just living it.
1: Actually, we both um, started our adult life, in brackets, uh, by going <laughs> abroad and, um, and experiencing life for ourselves for the first time. Uh, Personally, I I just took my backpack and I went to Ireland and that's where I learned to speak English. But that's also where where I learned how to live as a a single person that had to look after himself. And it was such an enriching experience Mm. because I just went from the guy who just could boil water to make pasta to someone who had to deal with bills, who had to work, accumulate different jobs uh, to make ends meet, and then discover new people, new language. Everything was just happening so fast. And uh, I, when I went back uh, home uh, after uh, three or four years, and I encountered my friend from the time, there was such a big leap and a big gap between us because I had grown so fast and they had stayed the same just because of that experience.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's so wonderful that you can allow your kids to have that from a very young age as well. So you, how old is your youngest child?
1: Seven. Uh, so seven, 11, and 15.
0: Such an amazing experience for them.
2: When we started traveling, he was a few months old because yes. we sold everything in France to move to Australia. Um, in 2016. In 2016, and that was a big adventure. So weirdly enough, he's the first bilingual child because he was really raised in the Anglo-Saxon culture. And after we came back to France, so it's, you know, equally, both are his countries. (laughs) And it was a good start. And I think it's funny because I was uh, speaking with my um, eldest son and he was telling me, Mom, what I like is to be outside and travel around the world. I like to meet new people. So it's like a bug. When you catch it, it's really hard to forget about it. And I did the same as Thomas. As a young adult, I took my bag and I went to New York City. I lived there for five years and I never came back in a way. When I came back, I couldn't adapt anymore. And I always want to go somewhere. (laughs) So it's a
0: bug the whm collective is a monthly membership on patreon that was created with you in mind working homeschool mom if you're just starting out on your journey or if you're finding it difficult to find your groove then the whm collective is definitely the membership for you each month we delve into topics that are going to help you thrive as a working homeschool mom such as homeschooling schedules time management, and lots of other juicy topics. I know how busy life is for you, working homeschool mom, and I know how complicated life is too. So that's why this membership is super simple. Each month there's one live workshop, one ebook, and one session of office hours where you can have your questions answered in real time. In addition, you'll get one free coaching session per membership and an added bonus of having access to all past content, which you can work through in your own time. So if you're feeling like you need some additional support as a working homeschool mom, then I really hope that you will consider joining the WHM Collective because I know that it will help you so much to find clarity and to move forward in your working homeschool mom life. Maybe you can also share some personal experiences or anecdotes that kind of show the benefits and the unique opportunities that world schooling offers.
1: Yeah, so, so many. So uh, I'm just going to try to go through them like uh, bullet points uh, uh, on, on different levels. First, the biggest one is the cultural immersion. From living in the countries uh, where we live, uh, we understood that um, being part of the country is really important in understanding its culture, um, mm-hmm. its custom, its people, its language. Mm-hmm. And so when we travel with our kids, uh, we bring that with us. So we do as much as we can, not to be tourists, but to become part of the country we are staying in. And uh, our children um, use that a lot. So uh, on our last big trip, when we started by going uh, to Thailand, then Vietnam, then Bali, then Australia and so on, in every country, we uh, made as much effort as possible to integrate. So our children learn to speak some words in Thai, Somewhere we try to speak some words in Vietnamese, it's even really if hard. it was really yes. hard, because the pronunciation is complicated. Yeah, but we made we made the step toward the people mm-hmm. to show that we are willing to to speak. We are willing to learn, mm-hmm. and so that cultural immersion comes from that. Um, Then there's also the the benefit of historical exploration. When you're studying in school, I studied in school uh, when I was a kid and contrary to my children. And you work. And I work (laughs) in school as well as a teacher. I can see that our historical um, curriculum is focused on one point of view and when you travel the world you discover that history exists in other country in a different way and that it's older even than in your own country and it's
2: very important and, also
1: and so um, just first step in thailand going through the different cities there ayutthaya which was the capital at the time we understood the different era that happened there and how far we were from understanding all that before the beginning of the trip.
2: How far we were from the start of the civilization, actually. (laughs) Yeah. That, That was an idea somewhere, but we never lived it or quite, you know... grasp the idea. But Ayutthaya was, I think, the biggest city in the world or something like that. So suddenly you're like, oh, really? (laughs) I didn't know about that because your history is also focused on your country and what surrounds your country. But now it's it's world history.
1: It's like you you're in a bubble, you burst it and you realize that there are millions of bubbles out there. And (laughs) you're like suddenly seeing them all. And so... So that was for the historical part. But then it's also about environmental education. My God, the amount of plastic we saw in the world Mm. and the the way it's used and the the way it's polluting the earth. And and that was really, you know, breathtaking, disturbing. And our children were already aware of that beforehand. But here it came to a full effect. We really understood that Uh, something has to be done about it. And it's linked also to the problem of water throughout the world. Um, You can't drink tap water in many countries as you go around the world. Mm -hmm. And you realize that the water is important. Something that's as trivial as just flicking on a tap back home just became something complicated. You had to go through a shop, but in the shop, they just sell three or five liter bottle of water, which are in plastic, so it's even more plastic. It's just like a conundrum yeah. that's going on, and you're just losing your mind over it. So that realization is brought, and it's a benefit for me to have that realization. So it's brought by this travel.
2: And you, you realize that I, I thought I I was pretty careful with water at home, and I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, like it's really precious. Water is so precious. So when I came back. I was more careful mm. Mm. I'm saving all the water you know like if you don't finish your glass of water, how many times you'll throw the end of it in you know in your sink or whatever you do it it's a, It's automatic you don't think about it, now I put everything oh in the water can so I can water flour outside, so I changed a lot of my actions because of that.
1: And, and, and our kids see that and they're part of it, they're included in everything we do, obviously.
2: I just want to add something. Because when you say to a kid you cannot do that because it's not good for the planet, it's a concept. It doesn't understand it. But if an adult will be the same. We say to people, be careful, be careful of pollution, be careful, blah, 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 no water. It's, it's a concept. You know, they're like, oh, okay but they don't leave it they didn't see it when you see it when you experience it it's different you cannot avoid it you know you cannot be like okay well maybe no you lived it
1: there there are other uh, benefits um, we try we started our company uh, just before leaving and then uh, as we went through through the world around the world we had to develop company which is still in development because it takes a long time but our children are part of that too because they see us struggling every day with what we have to do what we're trying to accomplish what we are trying to create and they also see how we embrace creativity and how we embrace curiosity to make the content that we create bigger wider and open and creative. Mm. And so we're showing the example of what it is to build a business. And we're showing the example of what it is to uh, fend for yourself in a country where you don't know anything, how to take the tram, the subway, and interacting with a different society, different hours as well. And all those little things they are imprinted on their mind. And to them, it's a great experience because Mm -hmm. they are living it. And when it's their turn to start to do something, all those little bits of information are coming back up. So it's a great uh, educational tool to leave this construction,
2: and it shows them also that yes, entrepreneurship is not easy, but it's not bad either. And sometimes taking a leap can be scary, but you'll be okay at the end, you know. So it's a good lesson about life. Life is bumpy, and it's fine, you know. And we're still had laughs and fun and we met great people like we had such a rich human experience and I think at the end you see what is the most important is the most important is being okay because you have a salary that is the same every month or is that better to live fully your life with all the emotion that it includes even you know One, one, the ones that are not that nice, but it's part of who you are. You're a human being. You need to feel. So I think it's a good lesson for them. And it, it's, it brings so much empathy in their education. You know, like my eldest daughter said a sentence that I found admirable. We were in Mexico and she said, you know, mom, before we left for this trip, I was thinking and focused on myself only. And now, I care about people more. So I was like, okay, yes, that's, that's a great My lesson.
0: My job is done here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Goodbye. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Uh, Yes. And I think it's also so wonderful in terms of entrepreneurship and all these life skills that kids get to learn them from really young as well. Because like you said, maybe you went to school, you went to university or whatever, and then you only had the opportunity to learn these things. But they are learning them from when they are much younger and they can. I, I think it's such a great lesson to teach them because also they have less fear. I think they've got less fear than you know, as an adult we are i think you become naturally more fearful, especially if you have kids, mm-hmm. so they can do things that you know with with abandon and without worrying about too much exactly. uh, at all and I think it's a great it's a great gift to give them
2: I think they're more anxious when we are back home than when we're out actually and mm-hmm. um and I always admired that in American culture that entrepreneurship is something that is really part of the culture, but not in France. It's really scholar. But I think, you know, that's, that's not a good thing. Actually. I think we should be more about entrepreneurship, especially with the word that is coming to us. Uh, you have to be creative. You have to, you know, uh, change countries. Maybe you, our kids will have to go out and, and create things, and, you know, it will be a different world.
0: Mm, Absolutely, yes, it's so very true. Okay, so obviously there are many, many, many wonderful benefits, but we have to always look at both sides. So have there been some things that have been maybe difficult, any challenges that you have faced while you've been world schooling? I I think the
1: challenges come more often of the perception of other people uh, than, um, than of what we are actually doing. Um, oh,
2: can I just say something? Hmm? If I if I bring one challenge for me, it was to see what I would have preferred unseen. You know, like seeing all the pollution was really hard for me because it made me so upset. Um, not such a big plastic fan, but I mean, life is about truth also, and truth is not always easy to handle. Mm. So that will yes. be one of the challenge for me, and it took me, I think quite a bit of time to feel better you know and because I felt powerless I saw people that for me were enslaved and things like this so you have a reality of the world that is quite disturbing and you see that countries like ours could change things and we don't in a way because we I think mass tourism did a lot of that and that's problematic and And you want to say, people, change your way to be a tourist. You can change your way to be a tourist. Don't come and just, you know, spend your money and think you have a wonderful life and take beautiful pictures because behind you have human beings and some are suffering. But they're still so resilient and nice and smiling. So that was the hard part for me. If you travel, you will see reality that you don't want to see or that, you know... Are not showed or, or transformed or whatever, so that that could be a challenge for some people.
1: Yeah, and and so when you live your life like that, suddenly you take that truth in your face and you have to come to terms with it. Yeah, and it's true that um, you you feel helpless, and in a way, uh, we could just say, oh, let's drop everything and start doing something here. The The biggest problem is that now most of the world is run through money. And when you want to uh, try to do something like that, it takes money, time or use. (laughs) (laughs) And when you have your children with you, uh, it makes it a little bit harder than when you are traveling uh, as a young adult. Because suddenly you are concerned with their well-being as well. So you need to provide for them.
2: Yeah, you're not as free as you used to be that's normal but i think you can offer things even at your level and you can always offer you can always listen you can always offer your humanity Uh, we stayed in a hotel in bali for a month and we talked to the people who worked with the hotel we spent time with it with them we shared our food i cooked for them toma gave a free english lesson we built our little own little family, and it was great. It was so great for us also, you know because they gave back. because when you give, you'll feel better. So I always say to people, "Give and you, you will feel more happier. you know And I think it's important. and when you go through experiences like this and you see that even a small gesture like making crepes can be such, can bring such happiness. and that's it. that's not hard. So it reminds us this hmm. every time we travel.
1: You do sing at your Just at your say hello. And you engage with the people. So that's one of the big challenges. The misconception associated with world schooling. And, yeah. and so um, that's when, you comf- when you're confronted by people. For us, it's when we are confronted by people back home. Um, we will have some, qu- some uh, questions thrown our way, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going around the world, you're on holiday, you know, uh, or um, uh, what about uh, your kids? Uh, how do they make friends? What about schools? All those questions are always coming. And, uh, and it's always because people see things through their lens, from their point of view. And when you're doing world schooling, it's the uh, totally opposite. You have to be open to everything that happens around you so you can soak it in and you can use it as as a jump board, you know, to, to, to push you forward in life. So we are not on holiday. We are living life. We are uh, enjoying and discovering everything that the world has to offer and we are being a part of it. Mm -hmm. We are not staying Mm -hmm. in our box.
2: And sometimes we don't enjoy actually. (laughs) We're really living life. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned at all.
1: What what about friends? Well, uh, our kids have many friends, but they don't have friends of their age only. They have friends from from a big range um, of age. Because that's one of the misconceptions, you know. Uh, with school, you tend to be put into a box and, um, and raised with people of your own age as being the one that you have to interact with. But in fact, when you're living life, you're interacting with everybody. And so by going around the world and meeting different mm-hmm. people, you encounter all, all those people yeah. and all those different ages. And our children, even if they are going from 7 to 15 they still play together because they have not that barrier of the age. And they still interact with people, whether they're adults, young adults, uh, grandparents. Yeah, uh, now
2: they have a Vietnamese grandmother. Exactly. (laughs) So and that's the term. They said, oh, Cecile, she's an old lady. You know, that's what is good about travel. Um, I almost lost an arm during this travel because a huge dog, you know, went through me with my, and took my harm with him, with it. And the thing is, I was very, it, it put me down right away because I'm, I'm 47, uh, you, so you don't heal as well. Morally, it was hard and I had to take a break from my business and I couldn't deliver what I was supposed to deliver and I felt bad. I thought it was not professional or whatever. People were very kind. They were like, we're waiting. But it was hard. And at the end, a friend of mine told me, you know, Nino, you're such a badass. And I was like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, because you went through that. And I never saw someone who continued to go, even if he has a lot of troubles or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. But it didn't feel good (laughs) at the time. So we had bad times during this trip. And we didn't really share about it because, I mean, for me, it's normal. It's part of life. It's not always nice, you know. And when we arrived in Saigon, we were pretty desperate. We had a pretty bad experience just before and we were lost in the city that is really noisy and we were walking. But I think... It's a good lesson because it shows that you you go further. You continue to go. And so we were walking in the street and suddenly we heard, Bonjour. And it was an old Vietnamese lady and she learned French as a kid. And she heard us speak French. So we had this conversation in the street and she was like, come back and see me. So Saigon was the most extraordinary human experience that we had because we were adopted by this woman and she had nothing she was not really rich but she gave us a heart she cooked for us she took care of us I mean that was extraordinary and you know it was a good lesson because we were like okay we're complaining but why you know some people they don't have much, but they know how to make life really happy and they will take every opportunity to build something that is very nice. So I think, yes, you have challenges. And yes, it's not always marvelous or whatever, but life is not. So I think it's just what it is. It's life. World schooling is life. And, and we have to say that we always did world schooling, even from home. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a way to think it's not because you travel that you do world schooling because a lot of people will travel and not do it
1: because when the when you can't go to the world you can make the world come to you yeah Um, and there are so many ways to to do that we have always opened our doors and we've welcomed people from uh, all over the world to stay at our place Um, we met some people on the beach and uh, we just say oh you're 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 traveling well you want to come for lunch or for dinner we throw those uh, sometimes people are like
2: okay are they serial killers (laughs) (laughs) but but sometimes it doesn't and they come and we we have good friends like this and it was
1: exactly the the opposite in vietnam we heard that bonjour and uh, we got offered the same opportunities that we offered back home and we jumped on it you have to seize every opportunity Mm. It's like seize the day. Yeah, I feel like Dead Point Society there. And
2: that was the best thing ever. Yeah. I think when you travel like this, you're more in, um, in harmony with your instinct, you know? Like seeing when you're at home, you're always kind of judging others and... Because we're in a society that judge people and it's like this, you know? So even if you don't want to, you do it a bit. Yeah, we make TV
1: show about it, you know? We judge people and we keep the best singer, we keep the best dancer. That's. uh,
2: But when you're out in the wild, I will say, you forget about that. You just trust your instinct. So you don't know this person, but you know it's a good thing to go there. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And I think you've just brought up such a beautiful point as well, which I think all homeschoolers have, well, have been asked. And that's the idea of socialization and the fact that you can have very natural and very organic socialization if you're open to that. And I love the idea of, like you said, not just being stuck in your one age level, because at school, it's like they make you compete with the other like the other ages, the other grades. You're like, oh, we're in this grade and, you know, we don't like to mix. But I love that idea of just being able to have a conversation with a two-year-old or, a you know, an 82-year-old. It's so natural and organic.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why uh, what's funny is that often people are, they in France, they use mm-hmm. that word, socializing. How do, are your kids socializing? <laughs> well, in fact, our kids are socializing even more because they can interact with Everybody, they're not afraid to go and talk to someone because it's an adult. And and that's a difference uh, with most of the students mm-hmm. I have in school who are always hesitating or thinking twice before going up to someone to have a normal interaction.
2: But I, I think that I always found this, I'm sorry, but not a good question to ask. And I'm like, okay, people think about what you're saying right now, because... Oh read Aristotle. Aristotle said the man is a political animal. It means that we naturally tend to go to go to other people. And if you don't, it's because you don't want to, and that should be allowed allowed, sorry. My um, we have an inspection every year in France, and every year they would ask to my daughter, "Do you have friends?" And she mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, that's so annoying. If I don't want to have friends, am I am I allowed not to have friends?" So one day they say, "Oh, that's good. You uh, you go to um, you do horse riding horse
1: riding classes. riding
2: classes. So you make friends." And she looked at them. I was so proud. She looked at them, and she was like, "I don't go there to make friends. I go there to ride horses." That's what I do. You know, and I thought that was so mature. And they were (laughs) they had nothing to say. But it's really reducing the kid to you go to school to make friends? No. I went to school. I didn't make friends at school. I was a different child and it was hard for me. So you make friends wherever you want to make friends, at school, elsewhere, but you were born in a family. You are not born in a box. So you're socialized. Since the day you were born, because you have a mother, a father, you have cousins, you have grandparents, you to because you go, to, you go to the bakery, you don't live by yourself in a cave. So this question is annoying me because it it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just wrong.
0: Absolutely, but still, I mean, it's a it's such a misconception that people have about homeschooling, yes, world schooling, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. like. The number one thing that people want to ask all the time, every single time.
1: I have two more because misconceptions that uh, mm-hmm. that I would like to address. Also, uh, the first one is a lot of people ask about academic progress. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they going to do? Are they going to go to uni? Are they? Uh, if they go to uni, they have to do this and that. Basically, there's like one path to follow, and people believe that it's a unique way to do it. Thankfully, by going abroad. Early, I didn't go to uni before I went to Ireland. And then I came back and I was like 26 years old and I decided to go back to uni at that time. And I realized that you can go at uni, to uni at any time. Uh, my mother went back to university when she retired. And, and so with that in mind, I, I can now address that question always properly. You learn what you want, when you want, how you want if you need a piece of paper at some stage well you're going to go and get it because you're motivated to do it and there's nothing stopping you to do it
2: yeah you learn all your life it's not limited to your childhood you don't learn from you know like 6 years old to 18 years old that's not how it works you you can i mean all the big entrepreneurs of this world never been to they never been Uh, to union or they they quit or whatever it's not about that it's about it's about the will if you want something you will make it happen and i think
1: and and the other misconception is also about family dynamics Mm -hmm. i think that people who ask about that how can you stand to be with your kids Mm -hmm. all the time We love it. I hate that question. Yeah, They they are the people that I often hear saying, oh, thank God, the holidays are over. I'm going to be able to put my kids back in school. And I'm like, why did you make them in the first place? Mm -hmm. You know, we spend so little time with our children in the grand scheme of life, you know, because we raise them, but then they're 18 and they are leaving Mm -hmm. the nest, 18, 20, sometimes earlier. But
2: I think that's not their fault. I think they don't know each other that's the problem. Yeah. Like we know our kids so well, we don't fight. We're a team, you know, there is no, well, uh, we do
1: fight, but yeah, no, but we,
2: I mean, (laughs) not like, yeah, we fight because it's, it's healthy to fight, but what I mean, but not that much. My daughter was saying me, was telling me I cannot be hang- angry with you guys because I love you so much. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, oh my gosh, another mic drop." Yeah, yeah, because she's 15, <laughs> you know. And oh I gosh. remember my own relationships with my mom, but we were apart because I was going to school. So basically, we know the personalities. And and at home, my motto is: it's not about obedience because I don't, I don't like that. Word. I don't like that word. Uh, it's about teamwork you know, and respect. So we're a team. We're a team of five. This is how I see my family. So we help each other. We're kind to each other. We make concessions and stuff like this because we want the team to work together. And it works, you know? So people often tell me, oh, your kids are so great. And I'm like, wow, they're kids, you know? Actually, they <laughs> Actually,
1: our daughter has been pestering us for a week now saying, guys, we need to organize you a date night. So that's... <laughs> Oh, that's your new motto, and are like, Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. So, But now she's focused on that, so yeah, yeah. And, and that's just another proof of uh, how that dynamic works. Uh, we are looking out for one another um, in different ways, each at our own levels. Yeah. But uh, uh, the youngest one will come in and we'll have a sentence sometimes just out of the blue, and we'll be like, Wow. Where does that come from, and it it make our hearts swell, and we are just so proud and so happy that he was able to come to to this conclusion, and so all those dynamics uh, are emphasized, emphasized by going on the road, um, because you are even more together than yeah. before.
2: Yeah, we, we slept in the same room for, for seven months. So, you know, you cannot be more together. You're together 24 hours on yeah. 24 hours. And and that's fine. And I was actually, I was quite surprised it was okay. You mm. know, like it was okay.
1: Yeah. And we, I think that's also, and, you know, we like to write stories and, and tell stories. And it's also the power of reading because thanks to book when you want to immerse yourself, or cut yourself off from the rest of the group, you don't need to change room. You jump into a book, and you're in your own world. Yeah. And so we are still able to have our personal moment on the road, even if we're all in the same room, mm-hmm. in the same train, in the same bus. We are able to have those moments which are important, where oh, we can we, be ourselves. Also, yeah. our
2: always oh, other people. Hmm. Um, our daughter met a, a girl at the market in Bali and this girl is she's working every day in the market and I don't know they bonded so she was like do you want to come with me and work in the market so other went to the market and worked there for yeah. one day or two days I don't remember and shared the same meal and you know she spent a the day there and she loved it and she learned so much about Balinese culture mm-hmm. and what and she, the, and she made
1: some of those little uh, things with the banana leaves and the flowers yeah, for yeah. the ceremonies and uh, everything. So
2: that was you, a you really can, great experience. Yeah, you can create, you know, your moments even if you're together.
0: Mm, absolutely. Those are some amazing stories. Um, I, like I said, one day I hope to have some of these experiences myself. I think it sounds like such, like you said, such an enriching experience for you as parents, for your kids, yeah. um, just as a family, as, hu- as humans. At the end of the day, I I
2: just want to be truthful with all the people who will listen this this podcast. I'm sorry. I hope our English is good enough <laughs> to be understood by everybody. It's challenging because even if I consider myself pretty free minded, I was still raised in a society and went to school. And these messages, because you get these messages all your childhood, because you go to school from five, six years old to 18, 20 years old. So I listened to that all my childhood. So there are, I have moments of doubt. I have moments or I'm like, oh, did I make the good choice? Maybe it would have been better to have one house and they have like a regular life and stuff like this. But at one point, Of the day, of the months, of the week, one of my kids will come and tell me something so profound, you know, or so funny or so smart that I will be like, yes, we made the good choice because we don't have a bad choice in life. We have a life that we built because we believe, because we have faith, because we love, and it doesn't matter if we have different lives but the life that we built we have to trust it's the best for us and and i i want to say that because sometimes people i have i had followers for a long time i had a big instagram account that i closed and sometimes people will write to me oh you're so courageous admire you and they feel bad about the choice they they make don't be don't 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 be mad about your choices don't think that you're doing something bad If you want to change your life, just do it. It's hard, but it's worth it. But for me, there are no bad choices except not to love your children. If you love your children and you show it every day, you made the good choice.
1: It, it's fun. It's funny because uh, what uh, Ninon says is reminding me uh, one video I used to show my students in class, which was um, an extract from a speech from um, Steve Jobs at uh, was it Harvard, I believe, and he said, "You cannot connect the dots looking forward. No. You can only connect them looking backward." So basically, you are where you are in your life at this point because of all the choices you've made before. Yeah. And so you cannot just think about what if. That's not going to change everything. But you need to multiply those opportunities in your life that will give you choices so that you're going to um, broaden your horizon and have uh, more and more opportunities. One of his examples is that uh, at one stage, he was interested in calligraphy and took a calligraphy class without a goal. It was not, I took this because I need to do that. It was because it was what he wanted to do, and then years later, building his computer in his garage, he had the idea to create font, and now we have many different types of font on our uh, word mm-hmm. software, our, our computer software, yeah. and that all comes down from that little moment, that little idea, mm-hmm. and so things happen. You make choices. And you try to broaden your horizon to get out of your comfort zone and have as many choices and do things that challenges you, things that uh, makes you happy. And then one day, those things will come together and you will be like, oh, it's because I did all that that I'm here now. <laughs> that's true. And that's what's happening to us. We were like, uh, we, we made some choices. Uh, we went abroad. We came back. We traveled a lot. Yeah. We wanted to write. We read lots of books. And suddenly now here we are. And we're like, oh, but I've written four books. Uh, and I'm doing things that I like. Mm-hmm. And I'm spending time with my kids. And all that has come together because of all those little choices before.
2: Yeah. People... They had told us. They have told us that uh, we were incoherent, oh, incoherent, incoherent, incoherent uh, because we did a lot of things. So you cannot fix yourself, Nino. You know you move all the time, you change all the time, and at at one point you're like, okay, maybe that's true, but no. I learned uh, in my forties to embrace. All I am, the whole, the wall, wo- the whole I am, because I'm Nino and I'm part of many things, you know, and that's what makes me Nino, you know, because I had all these experiences. And I'm learning to be proud of myself because Cecil, the Vietnamese woman, uh, looked at my hand and that was very, that was crazy because she knew who we were just by reading our poems. Yeah. And she said, you know, Nino, you don't take care of yourself. You should take care of yourself more because you're very focused on other well-beings, but not yours. And you are um, a very complex human being. So take care of yourself. And I was like, yeah. And finally, if I look back on the seven months, I learned how to edit books. I learned how to work with AI and stuff like this. I'm 47 years old. You know, and people will be like, you're quite old. (laughs) And I felt I was old, but doing all that, I felt that I'm not that old. I'm not finished yet, you know. And we met young people and they were like, Oh you're not like all the (laughs) grown-up we meet and I'm like, No, because we've been infused with the fact that when you come a certain age comes come responsibilities and basically that's what you
1: have to focus on to
2: focus on first but no you can still continue to learn and build yourself into something you want to be so i think when you go in an adventure like this that you we sold everything we have nothing left yeah <laughs> you it's quite violent i will say but you don't have a choice anymore and maybe we needed that in our story we needed that to be you know, in front of a big uh, empty space and built again and create again to build a new road for us. And I don't regret it.
0: Yes, like I said, it's been amazing. It's been really, really amazing to follow you. And I can't wait to see where your next adventure is. So then with that in mind, maybe you can tell the listeners if there's anything you're working on and more importantly, where they can connect with you. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Oh, I think Instagram is the best, uh, The Ways to Teach.
2: Um, we're building, um, The Ways to Teach is basically a digital publishing company. We It's an educative company, and it's a bilingual company. For the moment, just English and French. So we write books, uh, we do workshops. Thomas yeah. is giving uh, language classes, but very different than the school way. You know, it's a, like we want to uh, we want to give people
1: the opportunity to learn to learn,
2: yeah,
1: and to learn more than just a foreign language. Yeah. Um, when whenever I was teaching in school, I used the fact that I was supposed to teach English or supposed to teach French to teach everything. Um, so history, uh, society, we we talked about many different kind of subjects because uh, I saw languages as a means to an end and not just as the goal. And so this is what we're trying to do through our company, through the books we're writing, through the educational content we are creating, the games we are creating. All those are tools to help people learn skills rather than content. And those skills will be to develop their creativity, to um, foster their curiosity encourage them to go l- and look beyond yeah. uh, the the first the foreground, and um, and we're doing that in different way. Uh, we're very
2: specialized on project based learning.
1: So we also we're also in the process of creating um, um, like workshop well, not workshop um, like podcasts that you can purchase, listen, and it will help you. Uh, build yourself as uh, so the first one coming out is uh, how to teach English um, uh, to your children when you don't speak English, because so that one is going to come yeah. out, there's going to be one about yeah. how to uh, create project-based learning.
2: We use teaching as a word because that's what people are used to, but it's more acquiring, because you don't, you don't learn a language, you acquire a language, and it's a really natural thing, and it takes a bit of time, but it's just very simple and you can do it even if you don't live in a foreign country. You have to be quite disciplined, a bit of discipline, a bit of organization. But that's what happened to us. Our kids are fully bilingual in English. They're better than us. And they never had a single lesson.
1: Yeah. One, one, of, one of Not the, a
2: book, nothing.
1: One of the best feedback I received recently from one of my recent students is uh, what well, the feedback was coming from from the parents. It was that thanks to the uh, brackets English class that they have with me, they've improved on many other subjects. Yeah, Because I don't teach content, I teach skill. And that's exactly what World Schooling allowed us to do. Our children learn to be curious. They learn to um, go and look beyond, to question. They learn to... um, create things by themselves and all that will be helpful whatever path they choose in the future. If they want to go academic, if they want to go entrepreneurial, if they want to live their life in any other way that I can't even think of right now, they will have the skills to do it because they will be confident in themselves and they will know that if there is a challenge, they can overcome it uh, through perseverance and, and sheer will. And I think that's the best lesson we can give them.
0: Absolutely, yes. And that is it's kind of a really holistic way of teaching as well, which is, I think, super, super important, especially, like you said, because we don't know what the world is going to be like in yeah. five or 10 years. So we need our kids to be, to be ready for that. Yeah. So I just have to say thank you so very much for sharing your experiences and insights, the challenges, the wins about world schooling it's been amazing to talk to you and i'm i'm sure the listeners are going to get so much value out of this episode so thank you so very much for your time today well thank, thank you for having Charlotte.
1: us it was great
0: i really hope you enjoyed the episode please let me know what your greatest takeaway was you can reach out to me on instagram at Charlotte Jones 24 7 or on my website at mylittlehomeschool.com. Or you could even drop me an email at hello at mylittlehomeschool.com. I'd be ever so grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It will help spread the news about being a working homeschool mom. And in that way, we can build this wonderful, supportive community together. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care.